But there was this one company, I think called Chop Sports Media. Chop Sports Media. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. What is going on, people? Fuck you, Kyle. Starting it off hot in here. I'm by myself today, so obviously I'm doing things a little bit different. Um, I'm going to be relying heavily on the comments because Dave is out with the flu. Anthony is out with strep throat and wrestling. Rob's kid is dealing with a teething issue. So I'm here by myself. We're going to do things a little bit different. Like I said, it's going to be a relaxed atmosphere. And I'm going to touch on the comments right away because I'm already getting roasted as I expected fully by the Sauce Network. Chris is giving 11 a.m. but serving 11.30. Is it 11.30, bro? No, it's 11.07. Um, so we're all good. Obviously, we got to get into some football. It is NFL Lean Friday. I was going to just skip the show altogether, but the boys over at the Sauce Network convinced me to go on. So here I am. Um, oh, boy, Sam Grasso. You're not kidding, bro. Um, I got to face the music. That's why I'm here today, because the Packers let me down. The season is over. And um, I hear to face the music. Mm -hmm. I'm giving 2015 Aaron Rodgers and serving 2022. Bro, that was a rough look yesterday. I'm blaming it on the thumb, man. I'm going to blame it on the thumb issue. There's a lot of bad throws by Rodgers. Couple that with some bad routes by Lazard. Just can't get it done. Um, fashionably late. I wouldn't say that. Well, I mean, I guess there's a nice shirt. Thank you to Ash um get down on these comments so we're just gonna get to some football here um obviously we watched the game yesterday i know the boys over at sauce network were riding with the packers yesterday i almost feel a sense of guilt attached to that because that's my squad and i think kyle has a scissor kick to the jaw coming his way by somebody i have no idea who but it's coming according to his tweet that he put out a couple weeks back when he said if anybody sees me bet the packers again Please drive to New Jersey and scissor kick me in the jaw so that could be coming his way. And um, obviously, Kyle, I sent out the link to you and AJ. If any of you guys want to jump on at any point and help me bring this one along, I'll be happy to let you guys join. I'm ready for comments. I'm ready for uh, anybody to call in. If anybody wants a link, just let me know and um, I'll send it out. But I guess in the meantime, who do we got in the private chat? I'm in the lobby waiting. Oh, there we go. There we go. There's Yo. Oh, hold on. Let me get my headphones on. What's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing. Just fucking a little depressed that your team's a piece of shit. Yeah, you're not the only one, bro. I got you. But um, yeah, it's been a tough go. I like the haircut, bro. We got haircut Kyle in the building. <laughs> it was needed. I usually go every other week, and this I, I let it go almost four full weeks. I was looking yeah, like a grizzly bear. I was on bear. the same page, bro. I just got my haircut the other day, so I'm good for like a month and a half. We got, <laughs> do we got anybody else from the Sauce Network joining? I don't know if AJ. I just sent the link. You sent the link to me privately instead no, of I, in I sent it to AJ, too. But I was uh, all fucking behind it, bro, because I had to do the job of four men all in one hour. So I got it together, though. But you had to are. you had to do four men. I did. <laughs> I was bullied all morning, so I was like, <laughs> "Fuck it, I might as well just, you know, Don't. see this one through." <laughs> but no, it's been a tough go of it so far today, man. Uh, the Mojo Market Dave with the flu, but 
you know, I'm going to deliver, I guess. I guess I'll get a couple of the, the bullshit things out of the way. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash chop sports. Um, check us out on the Mojo Market, uh, Mojo Market Report, Mojo's YouTube page. We're, we're over there every morning. And um, Absolute Eyewear, if you can't see, go check them out. Uh, they're in Woodbridge. I'm going to breeze through these because, you know, that's how, my, that's how I'm rolling today. Um, if I missed anybody, um, Michael Fusco. Uh, Celebrating over 90 years of five-star, high-quality customer service, Richard Lucas Chevrolet and Subaru right there in Avenel, New Jersey, is my go-to spot for all of my new and used vehicles. I myself decided to upgrade, and I went from a Chevy Equinox all the way up to a Chevy Blazer Rally Sport. It's not your average Blazer. This thing hauls ass. If I get that itch to go big, I'm going big with Richard Lucas Chevrolet, and I'm going to go with the 2022 Chevy Silverado 1500. It's got the all-star four-wheel drive package with a 2.7-liter engine. Check out their entire inventory online at richardlucaschevy.com or give them a call at 800-717-6944 and tell them Chop Sports Sturge sent you. Speaking on personal experience, the house buying and house selling process is a bitch. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. But you know who made it fun? You know who turned all this around, took all the stress out of the process? It's Curtis Counts of EXP Realty. Whether you're buying a house, selling a house, searching for a house, you'll get constant emails of things that pop up in your budget and what you're actually looking for. To start this process, you just have to call Curtis right now. You can reach him at 732-856-2293 or shoot him an email at kurtrcounts at hotmail.com. And yes, some, some of us folks are still using Hotmail. What's up, guys? It's Sturge from Chop Sports, and today I'm here to finally deliver some new happenings with our friends over at Absolute Eyewear. You already know the deal. They're stocked. They have the biggest brands, including Ray-Ban, Polo, and now introducing its newest player to their star-studded lineup, Oakley. They work with all your major insurance companies, including BCBS, AARP, and so much more. If you check out Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, next to the train station, you'll receive $100 off any prescription frames and lenses. That's $100. Check them out right now by either calling 732-326-3937 or visit their website, absolute-eyewear.com. Tell them Chop Sports Sturge sent you. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but um here we go let's just get into these games bro let me get this first one up i'm gonna skip through that the packers got the shit beat out of them. no need to no need to we, elaborate we on that saw it. their defense <laughs> couldn't put it together even though they played decent against the run all things considered uh they had to sell out completely to do i mean that, so. you gotta say and and obviously you would know better than i would but from just the general look of things you gotta say that they were out coached. Clearly, they game planned to stop Derrick Henry, and Tannehill made it look easy. Like he was throwing a wide open receivers. Yeah, and there was really no no way to really game plan what that offense was going to be like with a healthy Traylon Burks. And you know, I've been talking a little bit of shit about him because he seems like he hasn't been working out. He seemed like he's been out of shape in all the the little videos I've seen. But social media could work wonders. Traylon Burks. Everybody that followed college football closely has been telling me like, bro, you're crazy. But, you know, I, I'm only going on what I saw. After what I saw last night, I could be rethinking that because he was really a big difference in that game, I thought. Yeah, he's cool. I liked him at our, uh, Arkansas cool, a lot. He's a cool He's cool dude. Um, but, yeah, let me see these comments. We got anybody else? Scoop is in a car and not a great addition. I don't even know. What oh, no. Is. How are we going to put on a show without fucking Scoop? Yeah, Scoop. That's a fucking <laughs> dirtbag move, by the way, bro. Is it your new car from Richard Lucas Chevrolet? Um, yeah, my bad, Dave. I didn't even mention any of that at the open. I didn't do the intro. 
because I couldn't get the graphics loaded in on this computer and I was having issues. But here we are. Uh, Richard Lucas Chevrolet. Check them out. That's a we're, we're broadcasting live from the Richard Lucas Chevrolet and Subaru studio. I am not at the cabinet creation sports desk, though, because, you know, much easier to do it this way. But um, all right. Fuck the Packers. Uh, we're not going to bet them anymore. We're going to get into the next game or the first game. And I put the shitty game first because I didn't know if I was going to have you here yet. I knew that you said you were running to the store real quick, but I was late. So I threw up the Commanders and the, and the uh, Texans on the first go-round. Um, I have my numbers up here and shit like that, but this game is kind of whack. Uh, do you know what they're going to do with, with Carson Wentz yet? Did they say anything? Uh, no, I, I don't know. Um, I thought it was pretty obvious what they should do. I mean – this dude, Taylor Heineke, is clearly excited to be a Washington commander, which which no one else in the world is. So how is he not getting the starting nod? It seems and, like all the players like him. The players like him. You saw what they were doing on the team playing. I think Heineke's the guy. But Ron Rivera came out and said he doesn't know yet. I think that's may, maybe a little gamesmanship. There's no way. But the, te the Texans at home, the commanders are a little bit overvalued, or maybe not overvalued, but they're at an all-time high right now considering you know the, the stretch that they've been on. And the Texans, they're a much better team at home, but they're still the Texans. So I, I guess because of that reason, I'll lean. I mean, I want to lean Washington. Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you want to lean that way too. Yeah, Just I like can't. I can't visuals. get behind the, the Texans whatsoever. Uh, but what's interesting about this game is it's like uh, it's what they refer to as a pros versus Joe's game. I hate that term, but it does accurately describe what it is. The public is heavy on the commanders, but the sharp money is all over Houston. And then the line dropped from three and a half to three. So as someone who was leaning Washington, that's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. But really, if you look at what Washington does well, it's the only real threat that I see coming from the Texans side offensively is Damian Pierce and Washington's been an elite stop in the run. The only issues they've had is against running quarterbacks. And, you know, we know Davis Mills isn't that guy. So for, I'm going to go with the, the commanders. Is, Ch is Chase Young back yet? I believe he is supposed to return. Um, but he also had a chance of returning last week. And then, like, turns out he wasn't even close. So who knows with that? So I wonder if Chase Young being back will actually hurt that defensive line in terms of stopping the run, because I would imagine he's definitely a pass rushing guy, but maybe they'll just bring him along slow. That's probably the plan there. I, I, I really, I know that based on the line movement, the right play is Houston plus three, but just kind of like how the right play was the Packers last week against the Cowboys. Well, you couldn't really explain it, but you just know that's the right pick. I know Houston plus three is the right pick, but sharps have been getting hammered all year. So it's got me questioning like, Oh, maybe the sharp side isn't necessarily the way to go this year. I mean, this this whole shit has been weird. This NFL well, you, season. You were talking about it the other day, where it was something where you said um, the underdogs are are covering at a more high rate, but it's like more sharp to be. The, people are betting the underdog. It, I mean, right. not sharp. It's more public. The dog. It's the most public dogs have been ever. I've never seen anything like it. And the actual stat was NFL underdogs of three points or more are hitting at a sixty five percent rate. So if you've just been betting blindly every underdog of three points or more, you've been cashing, you're swimming in money. And I, I would imagine, honestly, also that the that the unders are probably at like a 55, 60% rate too. They're over 60. I think it was like 61 or something. The underdogs and unders all year blind and you're in the money. Oh, no, I think I saw it at 59. It's, yes, it, unders are cashing, but it's it's tilted back a little bit. It's not as extreme as it was. And this is early in the year where you typically see a little more scoring because the weather hasn't broken into winter into winter months yet, but we'll see. I mean, 
all-time low that, that I've been noticing for point spreads this year or under over-under totals. But anyway, yeah, I guess we're on, on the same page there where we're both leaning Washington just based yeah. on the Texans haven't shown enough. I, I really would love it if it was two and a half, but we're not going to get that lucky. It's no. going to be minus three, and, and I could really see that pushing. All right, well, moving on to what I think is a unique, weird, odd point spread um, in terms of what I think they're trying to get people to do here is take the Vikings. I would imagine that's where the public is. It has to be considering they have only lost one game, but you know, that last week's game, I feel like they kind of got a break and they should be coming off of a loss right now. Uh, Looking at the metrics, like, are they really going to stop that pass rush? I don't know. Dallas, they should win the game based off of they're able to do a lot of things. Well, they're like a really our complete team. I think, um, Dak has been better, but last week he looked like shit. The Minnesota run game is what what I think the path here is because Dallas has been susceptible. What do you think? I mean, I, I don't even know how elite the Cowboys' defense is against the pass anymore. Um, I mean, they're still a very good defense, but I think um, the Cowboys' defense might have got way overhyped because the last two weeks it certainly hasn't looked good. Um, Justin Fields was making plays all over the field on Dallas. And then last week we saw what Aaron Rodgers did in the second half. And it makes it look even worse that we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers do that against anyone else <laughs> except yeah. the Cowboys. And then you maybe expected that to be, okay, maybe Aaron Rodgers turned a corner with this Packer team. And maybe some of the guys have, which we didn't really talk about Christian Watson, which, you know, at least there's some bright spot there, but really then you saw Rodgers yesterday and he really looked like shit again. So was it the Dallas? I don't know, man. There was a lot of emotion attached to that game. It was the McCarthy, LaFleur. So Green Bay definitely was up for that game. There was no question about it. Aaron Jones has a little bit of a beef with Dallas. And I think a big factor in that game, which not many people talked about, was what happened with Vander Esch. Had, I think he left the game in the second quarter. And from that point on, Parsons had to play more of a traditional linebacker role. He wasn't able to get after the quarterback the way he does. So I think Vander Esch, while he's not the best player, just the way they're able to utilize Parsons when Vander Esch is in the game is much better. They're able to put him in different spots, and he's able to rush the quarterback and blitz on early downs, and I think that makes that whole Cowboys defense tick. So I think a big factor here will be is Vander Esch playing, A, because that's where they've been weak against the run, and they need all the help they could get, and B, then they'll able to you know, kind of disguise Parsons a lot better. So I think that's one thing that I didn't look at, but Vander Esch is – status is important for me in this game yeah and it also another factor was uh cowboys were without a corner and the dude kelvin uh kelvin joseph was in uh he was number one and he was just he was he was having a rough go let's leave yeah. it at that i mean he was and, having a rough time and i don't know if their corners are healthy but pff, he's not going to have an easier time having to deal with justin jefferson and company for sure i actually haven't looked at the injury report for the cowboys i'm pulling it up now um let's see week 11 um it looks like everyone on looks uh Anthony Brown, that's the corner who was out. He's participated in two light practices. Um, so theoretically, that usually means they're good to go, but he's in he's in concussion protocol, which is always a little weird. Yeah. Um, but it looks like the Cowboys are are healthier. Demarcus Lawrence didn't practice this, hasn't practiced this week, but uh it might be just like one of those veteran rest things. Listen, I'm probably taking Dallas here. Um, just so, this is such a like Cowboys move would be to lose the game 
in an embarrassing fashion that they're supposed to win. And then when you lose hope, they go out and beat the team that they're supposed to get beat by. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's crazy because I agree. They are supposed to get beat by Minnesota. Absolutely. Or, or, but, but at the same time, they're favored. So that's why it's weird to me. Is the public on Minnesota in this one? They have no, to. public's pretty even. The Sharps are on Dallas. Uh, 80% of the money on Dallas, but the public is pretty split down the middle. So, um, All right. Well, I'm probably going to lean Dallas in this one as well. I just think that Minnesota has been – they caught lightning in a bottle in a lot of situations this year, and they've been playing good situational football. The offense is really good, but there's a lot of holes defensively. And if you take away that game last week with Dak not looking great, he's actually been really, really – really efficient since he's been back so i'm gonna roll with the cowboys on my lean here and we got some we got some more blood in the uh in the chat here we go welcome to the party sean what's up oh sean's in here there we oh. go you got any you got any uh tidbits on this game sean yeah the cowboys are eight and two versus Kirk cousins in his career oh shit okay, okay. so there you go you like that is, you like that <laughs> uh Kirk cousins definitely don't like that uh, this game should be a primetime game. Fortunately for the Vikings, I don't think it is, correct? Uh, it's 425. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, this has the primetime written all over it. it. I think it should be on 8 o'clock. I'll actually be watching this game with my mother. Sunday's her birthday, so I'm going over to my oh, parents' house. Happy birthday, uh, Mama Sauce. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll be watching. She's a Cowboys fan, she, and she gets into it too, so it'll be a fun day. Um, right. uh, Sean, I heard your lock of the week is Colts Moneyline. Yes. <laughs> no way. No, we're, we're, oh, that's actually. Oh, that now I'm looking at who they're playing. That's fucking hysterical. Have you guys noticed on Twitter, like, well, not really on Twitter, but like in the the Facebook group chat, Dave and Sean have a little rivalry brewing, oh, and absolutely. it's getting funny. It's getting good. It's funny seeing the uh, the little rivalry brewing between blogging the boys and Sean too. He cannot stay out of their their Twitter. He keeps on dropping heaters in there, letting him know. Letting He's a blogging know. the boys stan, I guess. Stan, yeah, bro. <laughs> that's hilarious all right so we're gonna move on to one of the local games and we got the jets visiting gillette to take on the patriots um interesting game to me i don't think the jets are going to do much offensively here but you know conversely i don't think the patriots are going to be able to do much offensively in this one either i think there's got to be some bleed over from that nasty weather in buffalo into this game you would imagine right because it's just the, the whole eastern <clears throat> seaboard at least Northeast should be dealing with something from that. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling up the weather now because that's a good question. Yeah, and based on the way Bill Belichick likes to play in those types of games, you're just going to expect a ton of run, run, run. And I know that that plays right into the Jets' defense's strengths because they're really good at stopping the run. Hold on one sec. Yeah. I think in this game, the way I'm looking at it is it was very turnover heavy in the last one where the Patriots relied on turnovers and I think they're going to be able to create them because I don't think the Jets are going to be able to move the ball successfully enough to be able to create uh third and shorts they're going to have to throw and when Zach Wilson's got Bill Belichick defense in front of him in Gillette in possible bad weather I just think that spells disaster so I'm leaning Jets here I'm leaning the Patriots. I Zach Wilson. Oh, actually, I meant to. I meant to say Patriots. I don't know how I came out. That was very. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm leaning yeah. the Patriots. Zach Wilson just turns into. I mean, he's already not a great quarterback, but he turns into the worst quarterback in the NFL when he faces a Bill Belichick defense. Um, he can't help but turn it over, and I have no choice but to be on the Patriots in this one. Uh, Jets are winning this game. Oh, there it is. No. 
Is the weather bad? Did you find that out? Or yeah, it looks fine. It looks fine. Okay, so take out the bad weather, but it really doesn't matter to me. It's it's windy, it's but no precipitation. Season. 39, too, and sunny. So wind, wind is – I think wind could definitely have an adverse effect on Zach Wilson in this game. But, you know, Mac Jones, same deal. Right. I, I think whoever wins the turnover battle probably wins this game. Yeah. Um, all right, so me and me and Sean are leaning. Uh, Patriots, Kyle says the Jets are winning outright. So money line Jets. Well, I'm taking the points, but no, I think I, they I know, win. I know. I'm just fucking around. All right, so another staying local. We have the bum ass Lions traveling to the Meadowlands to take on the Giants, and again, the Giants find themselves in a position where they have a shithead team playing them, and they're going to manage to take another win. I think fairly easily in this game. The point spread is a little weird to me that they're only giving three to such a bad team. The Lions do protect well. They do run block well. So there could be some real openings in the run game for Detroit. But I just think the same thing. Detroit's defense is so bad that how is Saquon not going to completely take over this game? I think that's what we're going to see in this. So I'm a heavy lean on the Giants, although the point spread is a little weird to me um, for a team that's eight and what are the Giants? Seven and two, six and two. And the Lions, the Lions, they're playing. They're on a little bit of a run, I guess. They, their first two-game win streak under Dan Campbell, um, but they've only won one road game in the Dan Campbell era, and I don't, I don't see them winning two in a row, let alone covering this one. So, leaning on the Giants here. Yeah, the uh, it, the 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 point spread is a little sketchy, and then it drops from three and a half to three. Um. I don't know. You're you're making fun of the Lions. This is the team that smacked your boys around a couple weeks back. Um, I don't know. I think I, I I like what I'm seeing out of the Lions. I didn't like them early in the year. I think they look better now. Um, they're coming in on a two game winning streak. Uh, the Giants did not even like watching that game between the Giants and the Texans. Um, I watched basically every snap of that game. It, to me, it was not that evident that the Giants were a far better team than Houston. Like. They ended up winning that game by eight, but that was a close, a decently close football game. Yeah, the Giants were in control for the majority of it, but they could not get away. I don't know if they ever had a lead of more than one score the whole game. Uh, no, I'm, actually, I, I think they did, but the Texans came right back, and they just didn't control the game at all. That's against Houston, and I think Detroit's better than Houston. Uh, I think the, the Lions have a chance to win it. Um, public's heavy on the Giants, obviously, as you would imagine. Um, I'm probably taking the Lions here with a full three. Yeah, same. Um, I'm. I would have to. I haven't placed a bet yet, but I'd be on the Lions plus three here. Uh, the Giants. We say it every week, but I have to give them credit. They somehow find a way to win the game. <laughs> it seems like every week, but they are analytically like the one of the worst teams in the league. <clears throat> so I expect some negative regression to come at some point. Um, but. I, Catching three, I got to take it with the Lions. And and I I do agree. I'm going to push back a little bit on on the the analytics and the data because I think that was very very true early. And you could maybe combine this with the fact that they've had some some piss poor opponents over their last couple of weeks, but they've kind of climbed into like respectability in in a lot of the metrics that I've seen. They're getting where better. They, where they're they improving. Were. They're improving. They, they're a very well-coached team, and I don't think that the Lions are a poorly coached team. I just think it's really like there's a big difference there in terms of what the Lions are doing and what the Giants are capable of doing. In situational football, I think the Giants just have it big time. And 
let's not overlook the fact that Vanilla Vic is in this one, maybe. He's going to run the ball, too. So I think the <laughs> Lions are going to be in trouble in terms of stopping the run. And they're only – I mean, it is probably a better offense than the Texans, I agree. But I think the Texans' defense is a little bit better. In, and that's not saying much because they're really bad. Uh, I just don't believe in the Lions. The Giants have proved me to be foolish many times this year. And the Lions – me saying the Lions suck, they've proved me right a lot of times. Uh, and don't – I'm not considering the Packers win a quality win because we all know that they're not good anymore. So moving past that. Um, now we got one for, for – uh, for Sean over here, his lock of the week, the Colts getting six and a half <laughs> to the visiting Eagles. Um, Sean, I'll let you go first here. <clears throat> yeah, um, I honestly don't know if I'm going to have a play on this game, but if I did, it would be the Eagles or nothing. Uh, just just from the narratives based on these two teams, like the Eagles just lost on Monday Night Football to one of the worst teams in the league. Um, it was Insane the shit that happened in that game. I mean, Dallas Goddard gets his head completely decapitated, fumbles <laughs> the ball, no call. So that's a fumble for the commanders. Then Hertz gets the ball back, throws a deep bomb to Quez Watkins to set up the game, potential game winning touchdown. He fumbles. They get they get the stop on fourth down to have one more chance to get it. Brand Taylor Heineke scrambles around for seven seconds and then takes a knee and they get a rough in the passer call. It was just the most nutty football game I've ever seen. But then you look at the other side, the Colts, new coach and Jeff Saturday, Jonathan Taylor came in, ran for a buck 60 and a couple touchdowns, dominated the Raiders in her debut. Everybody's like, oh, super high on this Colts team. I think the Eagles actually might slap the shit out of the Colts. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm looking anywhere right now, I'm looking Eagles first half because I think there is going to be some fight with the Colts and I think they will stay committed to the run. Uh, all things considered, they're going to be down and they're still going to be running the football. I don't think that they expect to win this one, um, even though there's going to be that feeling in the locker room where they're going to fight hard and Jeff Saturday's, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not buying any of that. I think they made a lot of glaring uh, errors early in that game that got overlooked because they won. And Jeff Saturday, do you really see him winning two straight? I don't. I, winning in a game is out of the question as far as I'm concerned. I do think Jonathan Taylor might have a nice day and I, and, you know, the Phillies run defense has been their weakness, if anything. But I think there's something to be said about all the things that you were talking about with the Eagles where they lost. All those things had to go against them for them to lose that game. They still put themselves in position to win several different times. And Washington's a little bit better of a football team than I think people have been giving them credit for up to this point. And the Colts haven't been a good football team at all. Uh, I don't think it's going to change with the Eagles coming to town. So yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to bet the game either, but first half I'll probably be in on the Eagles for the first half. Um, I'll be betting the game. I'm on the Eagles. Um, I was already leaning Eagles the way that the Monday night game ended. Um, the Colts stock is super high right now. After Saturday wins his first game, the Eagles stock is super low right now. It's a perfect buy low, sell high situation. And then the fact that it dropped to six and a half, like, Damn. Um, I, with a new coach is hard. There's a reason that they have like a 500 record against the spread when they shouldn't. It's because like no one knows what they're going to come out and do. So like the opposing coach, the Raiders, McDaniels is a bad example because he sucks. But um, they're literally going out there like, OK, let's see what kind of players they're running. <laughs> like, like they don't they have no idea. Um, the Eagles are going to have a, a full game of film, seeing what Jeff Saturday is trying to do. Um and also, there was a couple of things that were uncharacteristic of the Eagles. For example, 
Um, there was zero, well, not zero, but there was almost no pass rush against Heineke, and the Eagles can rush the passer. So I don't expect the pass rush to just disappear two games in a row. Um, and if you put pressure on Matt Ryan, we've already seen, not only can he not hurt you, but he could straight up lose the game if you put pressure on him single-handedly. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, while you were saying we don't really know what Jeff Saturday is going to do, I think it's fairly obvious because of the Colts' offensive limitations that they're going to have to run the ball. You know, So at least you could take that part out. Like They're going to run the ball at least 55% of the snaps, no questions asked. And I don't see them being able to keep up that way. So... Yeah, and I yeah exactly, and uh, and the Eagles' weakness on the season has been the run defense. Yeah, they added uh, an Adamic too, but th they know that they're going to run the ball, so they're going to come out and literally game plan to stop the run um, and make Matt Ryan try to make plays. And their corners the are both secondary. solid in coverage, so they could play, they could afford to play a little bit of man and press a little bit and and create some situations in the backfield. I agree. So, all right, we're all in lockstep there. Moving past that one, this is an interesting game to me. Excuse me. <clears throat> With the um, the Bears and the Falcons. So, the Falcons get given three points here. The Bears can't get any respect, apparently. I mean, I guess it makes a little bit of sense because the Falcons have been playing a little above their heads, and I don't know if that's above their heads or that's just that they're a better football team than people gave them credit for. But I think um, we're see what we're seeing here is two teams that are trending in the opposite direction. I think the Falcons are starting to, you know, people are starting to catch on that Mariota is. You could kind of get to Mariota a little bit. He's not a great passer, and conversely, Justin Fields is on the uptick. They've scored 134 points, I believe, over the last four games. The Bears, like I didn't know if the Bears would score 134 points all year at certain <laughs> points. But they've been lighting it up. Justin Fields has a new weapon in Cole Komet. Not that he's a new weapon, but he haven't had he didn't have a touchdown since like 2020 in the middle of the COVID empty stadiums. And now he's got five and three games. I don't know if that's a little bit of Claypool being there and taking some attention away, which I doubt because he's barely even seeing the field. I think really a lot of credit goes to the Bears coordinator for for dialing up the run for Justin Fields and it's opening things up. Who wants next? Um, uh, this will be a quick one because this is a tough game. These, uh, I, I mean, the, the Falcons are definitely trending downwards. This the new look offense with Mariota, like, is not fooling anybody anymore. Uh, they've lost three of their last four games, and they played Carolina twice, <laughs> the Chargers and the Bengals. Um, it, but at the same time, all this Bears hype, uh, I, I don't understand it. They scored some points, but they're not winning football games. Uh, this is the worst defense possibly ever assembled in the modern NFL era. Um, I'm going to lay the points with Atlanta here. They'll, everyone's on the Bears. 80% of the tickets, 86% of the money. That's the Justin Fields effect, man. I agree, though. Um, I guess I'll lean the Falcons because I didn't really have a lean. But go ahead, Sean. I'm on the Falcons, yeah. I'm just yeah, I was you. initially – the money definitely makes me pause a little bit. But I was initially leaning the Bears here just because the Falcons, like you said, are heading in the wrong direction. The Bears aren't necessarily trending up because, like Kyle pointed out, they lose every week still. <laughs> um, but as I said on the Sauce Network show on Sunday, the Bears are the best team in the NFL – at almost winning games. So if I'm able to catch a field goal here, um, I'm going to have to pull the trigger probably because that would mean that they almost won. And I could see this being like a one or two point loss. Yeah. I mean, and I think Bears fans are perfectly okay with that stat. Like they're the best team at almost winning games because right now there's really no promise for this year. But to see Justin Fields kind of lighting it up, 
while they're maintaining their draft position. I think that's the best case scenario for the Bears. Not that the players are looking at it that way, but as a fan base, that's how I'd be. Um, so we're a little bit split. I guess, uh, Sean, you're on the Bears or leaning the Bears, and me and Kyle are leaning Atlanta. But I don't really have a lean. I'm straight up tailing the sauce on this one. I could be swayed. Um, all right, so moving past that to the Browns and the Bills. Ugh. I know. I have um, no. I have no clue. It's being played at a different stadium now. I, I guess Cleveland. I, I don't know. Sean, you want to go? <laughs> yeah, I actually think I'm going to be all over the Bills in this one, to be honest with you. This is going to be Jacoby Brissett's last start um, as uh, Deshaun Watson comes in next week. And this Browns team kind of like started off like looking like they were going to be like okay this year. Like Brissett was going to weather the storm. Watson will get in there. They'll make a playoff push. They're not necessarily out of it, but they're going to have to work some – some shit out and other teams are going to have to lose if they're going to make a playoff push at all. I just feel like it's a team where we're like, all right, we're just going to, this is our last game here. Next week, we're going to look for real. The Bills, obviously coming off um, heartbreaking loss to the Vikings. Um, two in a row, the Bills lost. Two right? losses in a row, yeah. But last week, I mean, you literally just had to get a QB sneak to push out the end zone and you fumbled it. Like, that was absolutely backbreaking. And I like the fact that it's in a dome now. Um, in Buffalo, with all that snow, I didn't know what I was doing here. But now inside, you don't got to worry about the elements. This Bills passing attack should be able to throw all over Cleveland. We saw what Miami did last week. Um, and the Cleveland defense had actually been looking okay the past few weeks. But they got exposed versus an elite passing attack in Miami. And I think Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, like there's just so many weapons on this Bills team. The Browns aren't going to have an answer for it. And if the Browns weren't able to score more than 17 on the Dolphins last week in a perfect weather situation, like I can't expect them to put up anything higher versus the Bills here. Yeah, I don't really know what to make of the Bills right now because, I mean, first off, first and foremost, I, I picked the Bills in the survivor pool and they bounced me. And then last week I was heavy on the Bills and made me look dumb again. So I'm not really, I'm not really sure what to make of them. I think the Bills had a stretch last season around this time where they kind of fell apart a little bit and then – once the weather turned shitty, they kind of picked things up. I think like the New England game was that bad snow game was like where they they finally lost that game and then they turned the corner after that. But it took a little bit of a uh, of a rough patch for them to get things going, and it seems to be like they're kind of in that same spot right now. Josh Allen, I think that injury they tried to downplay it, but I think it was a little bit worse than what they were saying. Um, and he's just a gamer. I think maybe a week removed from that, and just. What you were saying, you know, Cleveland, they had some high efficient numbers in the first couple of weeks, but that was an anomaly. I don't think that's going to be the case. And I do agree with you about the, the neutral site. The Bills fans are going to travel to this one. Let's think about this for a second. Um, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan and you're a, or you're a Bills fan in this spot, do you really want to go pay a ton of money to go watch your your team get the shit beat out of them? against the Bills, or if you're a Bills fan, you want to go watch your team beat up on the Browns a little bit. So I think that's the underlying thought. I think Buffalo, it's going to be a weird situation, but it's almost going to be like a home game because those fans are going to travel. And I like the Bills in this. Seven and a half, I feel like that's a gift. They might open it up. Yeah, and I, I if you look at the Bills' last four games, like, yeah, they look shaky, but they at Kansas City, at the Jets, who are a real good football team, against the Vikings – and then the fourth game is against Green Bay, where they dominated that game. Green Bay ended up with a backdoor cover late. So 
the uh, the Bills have, might have gone from overhyped to a little bit of undervalued in the last few weeks here. Yeah. So I'm I'm on a I'm on a lean, but I'm I'm more so like I'm probably gonna bet the Bills. It's not really a lean. That's like a pick. All right. So moving past that, <coughs> maybe I got the uh, flu now too. But we got the Raiders going to Denver, and this is a shitty game. Nobody cares about this game really. But I'll tell you what: the last time these two teams played, there was a lot of offense in that one. Um, Russ had arguably his best game of the season. Uh, maybe not yardage wise, but he was fairly efficient. And he had two touchdowns, no picks. He had a um, he ran one in, but Josh Jacobs on the other side of the field also completely destroyed what I thought at the time was an elite Broncos defense. And I still think, even considering they traded Bradley Chubb, the Broncos defense is still really, really good. Um, and the Raiders aren't really playing for much. I think the two two and a half points. I'll probably lean Denver here just because I think the wheels came off. I don't think anybody in Vegas cares anymore. Uh, they said their coach is doing a good job. That's got to be a one of the worst statements an owner could make all things considered it Red takes flag. yeah and i read an article that was pretty interesting where it said the raiders are cash broke right now they really with the whole john gruden thing the way that went down they they paid gruden a lot of money to leave right and now they're paying josh mcdaniels probably way too much money to coach them if they get rid of mcdaniels then they're going to have the two of the, the same situations they're going to be paying two guys a ton of money and then they're going to have to hire another coach so it just doesn't make any sense for a team that's not playing well. So you might see uh, Josh McDaniels for another year here. All that considered, the Raiders' defense is so bad, and I buy in on Cortland Sutton being able to find some openings. I'll just lean towards the Denver Broncos in a home game because the defensive unit is the best out of every, any unit that's playing in this game. Sean, you could take this one now. We put our bodies on the line, man. The worst. Put our ever. bodies on the line, bro. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Derek Carr. You stink, dude. I couldn't believe that press conference. People were sharing it like he's such a man, like this and that, Bob. I know, dude. Shut up. You he stink. was an embarrassment. Dude, I agree. got you the best wide receiver in the NFL, and you got worse. Don't cry at the podium because you stink. Um, give me the Broncos here. The uh, the Broncos are terrible in their own right, but as Huge said, this Raiders team is in a bad way. Um. They can't get out of their own way. McDaniels is a dead man walking. Like she said, he's just there because they literally can't afford to fire him. And then he's just a terrible head coach dating back to his days with the Broncos. He started off 6-0, and got hit, got lit, fired. Brandon Marshall and um, DJ Williams um, were on the, I think, as I Am Athlete podcast talking about this. They were 6-0, and and they were like, yo, we can't believe, like, how good position we're in. Like, we literally, like, know what they're doing. And then they said they went on the bye week and like one of their film interns got fired. And they've come to find out they got caught filming the other team's practices and shit. So they actually literally knew what the other teams were doing. And he literally is like 11 or 15 games below 500 since then. It's it's actually worse than that, probably 11 <laughs> or 15. I think he's only won like four games. They went six and eight or they went. Yeah. Eight and eight that season, so they were at that point six and zero. Oh. So they went two and eight the the last ten, and then they what are they now? You know, like they yeah, they're two and I think he's got four wins. So you guys are struggling. forgetting a major aspect of this though. What's that? The Raiders remind me a lot of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they are trash, but they play well against the AFC West. Like they beat the Broncos. They took the Chiefs to thirty twenty nine in Arrowhead. 
the Chargers game in week one, they had the ball for the win at the end. Um, they could very easily be three and oh against the division. They're two and one against the spread. They could easily be three and oh, three and oh against the spread as well. And I, I regretted fading the Panthers last time saying like, oh, that's not real that they just show up against the division. And they did again. Um, I think you the Raiders Mariota throwing passes off his back in that game. I mean, I think Russell Wilson is going to throw some bad, some bad passes as well. Um, yeah, there is that. There is that element of the the Raiders do have talented pass rushers. They just don't show up. So you you saw it in spurts against Kansas City in the first and sec, early second quarter where their pass rush disrupted Mahomes a lot. If they could get that going, I believe Russell Wilson is a scrub, like bona fide scrub. And there's rumors that Russ is like that he's calling audibles that Seattle was running and that the players are like, dude, what? We don't even know what that means. And they're at the line of scrimmage. So if that's the case, then I'm confused by all this, like multiply it by 10 workouts. And, and you know, like, bro, are you serious? If you're calling the wrong audible, that's inexcusable. All that said, I'm going to still lean Denver because I just don't buy anything the Raiders have been able to do whatsoever. All the counting stats are there. They're the number one rushing team in terms of um, adjusted line yards still, and they can't win football games. It just makes no sense to me. Um, Denver. All right. Yeah, that's like one of the worst things you could say in the two, 2022 NFL season. I'm riding with Denver. Yeah. Oof. Let's ride. Let's ride. All right. I'm going to, we abuse that, by the way. Um, I'll never say that again. <laughs> All right. So we're almost through the slate here. We got the Panthers visiting the Ravens. Um, unfortunately for Carolina, this, this, is, this is not an, a, an NFC South team. So they're going to have their hands full. Uh, Baker Mayfield's getting the start against um lamar jackson so a battle of what is it the 2018 2019 draft class uh, the, the afc north the book, revenge game the bookend uh first and last pick of the first round i believe was lamar the last pick yeah or something like that but anyway yeah uh the ravens actually traded up to the Eagles spot to take them at 32 oh there you go so i i believe in this game they couldn't make the point spread high enough I don't see Carolina being able to do anything in this game offensively. Um, Roquan Smith now kind of coming into his own with that Baltimore defense. We haven't really gotten to see how they're going to play with him being like fully in the fold. I think we start to see a little bit of that this week. Uh, Carolina has been running the ball fairly well the last couple of weeks with um, since they got rid of CMC, go figure, you know, they've been, they've been using the Chuba Hubbard and the Dante Foreman, mainly Dante Foreman, to get things done, I just think that's not going to be enough here. Baltimore is going to show them what it's like to really be a running football team. And is Mark Andrews back? I believe so. I think that's huge. Mark Andrews being back in this game will be huge. And I'm going to go with Baltimore here because, I, again, I'm, they're not playing the NFC South here. So, Carolina, I, I can't get behind anything Baker Mayfield whatsoever. Mark Andrews has participated in light practice on both Wednesday and Thursday. Okay. That usually he's probably going to play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Panthers, <laughs> the Panthers, let's see. One, two, three, four. Look at the Panthers' last four games against teams not in the NFC South. Just to show you that they're not just losing, they're getting the brakes beat off them. Uh, the Bengals beat them by 21. Yeah. Before I can't that, believe people were on the Panthers in that game. Yeah. Yeah, what kind of idiot would be on the Panthers? Sean <laughs> <laughs> was on the Panthers, by the way. That was the yeah. joke. <laughs> um, the Rams beat them by 14. The Rams, that's like a bottom five team in the NFL. Beat them by two touchdowns. The 49ers beat them by 22. 
And then before that, the Cardinals beat them by 10. Uh, the Cardinals. Uh, th this, yeah, exactly what Chris said. Can't make it high enough. I'm on Baltimore. And the Ravens, props to the Ravens. They, um, they're kind of putting it together. They don't look like the dominant, like 14 and two Ravens or whatever they were from a couple years back. Um, but they, you know what? They make plays when it's time to make plays. And I think coming off the bye week, this should, I'm not going to take Ravens first half because coming off the bye, you never know. Um, but they should find a way to, to score the second half. And, cover and I think, number. I think a lot of their issues in the secondary were due to injury. And a lot of those guys are back playing better now. And, you know, adding Roquan Smith to what I thought was already an above average defense. It could make them elite down the stretch. And you might start to see that come together here. So, um, yeah, Ravens, 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 all three. All right. So Bengals, Steelers. I love the Bengals in this game for one reason and one reason only. They're wearing all white with the white helmets <laughs> again. I don't know how you could lose. I said that about Green Bay yesterday. I said, bro, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. By, oh, by the way, did you hear Minka Fitzpatrick had appendicitis? <laughs> <laughs> I did several times the other day, actually. That was great. Um, so for those that don't get the joke, Last week or this week on Monday, I think I talked about Minka and appendicitis. And then Dave chimed in one second later and Kyle cut it up. It's a fucking legendary clip, by the way. But yeah, back to football here. Um, three and a half on the road against uh, Pittsburgh coming off of a win, right? They just beat New Orleans last week. Kenny Pickett had a nice little workman-like day at a rushing touchdown. Uh the Bengals have been one of those weird teams where I feel like they haven't been able to quite put it together either, similar to the Ravens, but they're, the talent is there. Uh, Jamar Chase is still out another week or two, correct? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like, I don't think that's going to matter all that much. The, the Steelers' secondary has been really bad this year. I don't think they're going to be able to put up enough points to be able to keep up with the Bengals. But the Bengals, like I said, they've been an anomaly. There's been times where they're, they're – Offensive line completely disappears. And then you combine that with the fact that I think Joe Burrow likes to hold the ball a little too long. It gets ugly when it gets bad for them. It gets really bad. And TJ Watt can wreck a game. So, you know, home team, division game, getting that hook is what scares me the most. I want to say Bengals out of the gate, but for that reason, it's like Steelers for me. I'm going to lean Steelers here. Uh, yeah, I'm on probably on Pittsburgh as well. Um, I don't know if any of you saw it, so maybe you could. That someone tweeted out a stat and was like, um, "Mike Tomlin as a home dog of four points or more." I know it's down to three and a half, but it was at four. Um, he has like an insane record against the spread as a home dog of four points or more. Um, he's good in this spot. Also, the Steelers have had a really rough stretch of schedule: Jets at Buffalo, then the Bucks. They beat the Bucks, by the way. Uh, at Miami, at Philly, and then home against the Saints, and they win. If you just look at their home games, they lose to the Patriots by a field goal. Then they lose to the Jets in a heartbreaker. Then they beat the Bucks. Then they beat the Saints. I mean, the Steelers haven't lost a home game since October 2nd. Uh, they play well at home, and I think they're undervalued because of that tough-ass schedule. They're playing with a rookie quarterback against one of the toughest they like probably had the strongest schedule in October in the NFL. I don't know that for a fact, but just looking at it, they probably did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, all in one month at Buffalo, at Miami, at Philly, Jets and Bucks. That's tough five games. Um, yeah, I, I think the Steelers. I think the uh, the Steelers are definitely undervalued, and they're starting to get some of it back because you can see T.J. Watt just makes all the, all the world of difference, and uh, he gave. 
Remember what TJ Watt did to the Bengals in week one? <laughs> what was the score? That 17 nothing before he got hurt? Yeah, and honestly, I, that, that was an insane game. And the Steelers kind of looked like they had their number a little bit in that one. And the Bengals did everything to shoot themselves in the foot there. But, you know, maybe we see a repeat of that performance um, this time on the road. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean pit. Sean, you got one? Yeah, I'm on Pittsburgh here. Just look at the week one game. Like you guys pointed out, TJ Watt just wrecked that game. If he was out on this one, I'd probably lean the Bengals, but he's back, and he looked like he picked up right where he left off last week. He was the main reason why I loved it. I was on the Saul show, and I said the Steelers were going to beat the Saints by uh, two scores. I said 14 to be exact. I think they ended up winning by 10. Um, but it's the same thing. They're going to just harass Burrow. This Bengals offense struggles versus teams that get pressure on the quarterback, and that's this Steelers team. And then looking back at week one, Burrow threw four interceptions because he was under duress. Now they don't have Jamar Chase to go to. And in my opinion, the Steelers upgraded a quarterback with Kenny Pickett now, as opposed to Mitch Trubisky, who started in that one. I have to take the points with the Steelers. Yeah, and Burrow will put the ball on the ground too. Not only the picks, he's he's definitely prone to some fumbles. And TJ Watt, yeah, I agree. Uh, there could be some havoc in the backfield there. So moving on to a cocky poopy game here. Between the Rams and the Andy Dalton-led Saints, they did announce that Dalton will be the starter here. Uh, New Orleans at home, given the three points, it's a shitty game, man. I really don't give a shit about this game whatsoever. Uh, betting this game will force me to have to care, so I probably won't bet it. Because, look, I think the Saints have been up and down offensively, more down than up, but they've had spurts because, you know, Alave, I think he's a real – he's going to be a stud, but he's just not enough. Kamara – He's not really the the running back that you're going to really win games with with the style that the Saints are trying to play, um, and which is I don't even know what style they're trying to play really. I would imagine they're more of a trying to run the ball, considering their their quarterback sucked. But then you look across the the field and it's the Rams. The Rams haven't done a goddamn thing to show me they should be doing. I should convince the Rams haven't done anything to show me that I should put any faith in them whatsoever, especially going into New Orleans, which is a typical tough place to play. I'm leaning Saints just because, like, minus three. It's the most standard, boring, less important, least important game I've ever looked at in my life. And minus three, I guess, Saints. I'm, hope I'm hoping Sean has a play on this one because I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I don't love it, but I think I'm going to be on the Rams here. Uh, Stafford's coming back. Um, not saying he's a game changer like the quarterback he was last year, but it is. Wolford looked awful last week. Um, I Cooper was Cup on the IR though, as bad as he did. Cup is out, but I think come Monday morning, you guys are going to be see you and Dave are going to be sitting right here on the Chop Sports Show, and you're going to look at each other and say, "Where were you for the Ben Skoranek game?" Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to go there because he is white, and yeah. we are talking about the targets. There, you didn't see the memes. This has been this has been a thing all year long about. You know, well, Allen Robinson's not getting any looks, and Tyler Higby's getting like 13 targets a game. And it's like, wait, is Sean McVay and Stafford only throwing to white people? Yeah, they and said Allen Robinson has to wear long white sleeves just to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Ben Skoranek, um, definitely. Uh, you hear that, Beaver? You might have to put a little bit of a uh, an over on all the Ben Skoranek totals, but I'm still leaning leaning Saints here. Uh, Kyle, you obviously said you had nothing here. So. I got. A, I have no clue. Yeah, I don't either. I'm just. It's you know giving the home team the the love there. 
All right. I'll, I'll probably rock with, with the Rams. If Sean likes the Rams, I'll probably end up rocking with that. I'll take a look at it tomorrow night. Okay. So now we are on the final game of the show. Uh, the Chiefs visiting the Chargers. I got this point spread wrong, I want to say. I think the Chiefs. It's at five. Yeah. Well, I got it wrong in terms of the, the Chiefs are visiting. So the graphic is wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah the it's Char in LA. Char the Chargers are the home team in this game. So disregard. Uh, which team is where in this? Um, Chiefs given five and a half, or you said five now. Total is 52. I don't know, man. The Chiefs' offense is a little bit banged up, right? But the Chiefs have managed to do a decent job, I think, of putting pieces in place to be able to weather this kind of storm. Um, we've seen recently, you know, with Traylon Burks yesterday, Christian Watson of late, uh, we've seen the the emergence of a lot of rookie receivers, but yet we haven't seen the emergence of a Sky Moore just yet. In this game, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling potentially out, um, we have Juju dealing with the concussion and Miko Hartman now in the IR, we have a potential to see a Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney as like the clear-cut one and two receiver. Both guys seem to be gadget guys. I know Andy Reid had his eye on Toney in the draft process, he tried to trade for him in the offseason. All the, the pro scouts – Coming into the draft, had Kadarius Tony's pro comparison was a Tyreek Hill. So I think if there's a team in football that knows how to use the guy, it's Andy Reid. I think he's going to light it up. I just think he's going to have one of those games where Giant fans are going to look back and say, damn, man, I can't believe we get, got rid of this guy. And maybe a little bit of Sky Moore. I think the Chargers run defense. You could see a little bit of Isaiah Pacheco. And I think the Chargers are up against it in what they want to do. They might be getting both their receivers back. Um, but the Chiefs, I think if they could be had anywhere defensively, mainly it's going to be on the ground, right? The Chargers haven't really had much success running the football. Do you really want to get into like a shootout and and try and light it up against the Chiefs in Kansas City? Or actually, no, it's not in Kansas City. Um, but yeah, for that reason, I, I don't know. I just Justin Herbert, I think he's done a great job keeping the thing afloat. But I don't like the coach and the Chiefs are a really good football team. I'm going to lay the points here. I'm on the bolts. Um, I mean, the the Chargers just don't get beat bad by this team. I mean, look at the last five matchups between Herbert and Mahomes. Chiefs win by three. Chiefs win in overtime. Chargers win. Chargers win. Chiefs win in overtime. I mean, there's, you have to go all the way back to 2019 to find the last time the Chiefs beat the Chargers by more than a score. Um, Justin Herbert always plays well against this team. Um and I think they would love to get into a shootout with the Chiefs because I think they think I think the Chargers believe that their defense is better than the Chiefs, and they believe that Justin Herbert can go toe to toe slinging the ball with Mahomes. Probably can't, but they believe he can. So I think they would welcome that kind of game. But yeah, I'm on the Chargers. Yeah, as Kyle said, I think I'm gonna just blindly bet the Chargers here. Honestly, they they always play the Chiefs tough. Um, it's always a close game. And then this, when they matched up earlier in the year, probably is my favorite game of the NFL season, at least from a betting perspective. That was exhilarating. We had the under and we had the Chargers plus, I forget how many points it was. I think it was Herbert, three and a half. But Herbert gets knocked out the game, then comes back in a Herculean effort and <laughs> throws a that. touchdown pass on fourth down. They went for it on fourth down for absolutely no reason, but they knew we had to cover. So they got the touchdown, and it also stayed under the total as well. And it was it was a phenomenal game. But yeah, like Kyle said, Kyle uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are sp both supposed to be back in this one. 
Um, this Chargers offense is going to get an immediate upgrade with them. I think Austin Eckler can have success on the ground here in this one. This Chiefs defense is like top five um, in the league versus the run, but that's a little fraudulent. We saw Derrick Henry and Josh. Yeah, Jacobs. because they're always blowing teams out. Exactly. Teams, teams Team, don't try also, to run. They're also dead oh, last in rush attempts like against them. So, and then we saw Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry run wild on them. There's no reason for me to believe Eckler can't as well. Um, I would maybe lean the over, um, but I'm definitely taking the points with the Chargers. Yeah, it's very weird to see a 50 in a team to- in a total right now because I've just been seeing like high 30s, low 40s across the league every week, week in, week out. Um, and I will say this, like I'm not going to change my lean just because of the spirit of the show. It's only a lean. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> um, so I'll stay with the Chiefs here. But to, to the, your guys' point, I mean, all the trends you're talking about point towards the Chargers. And so does the the trend just for the entire league where it's like a home team getting points in a division game. And it's like a decent amount of points at that. They do have five wins. So I really probably have no business laying the points in this one. But I'm going to at least for now. Um, but there, that's it, bro. I really appreciate you guys joining me here and helping me bring the show along because I probably would have just fucking – read the comments the entire time and, and <laughs> it would probably be on the Packer game still by now. So I appreciate you guys joining me. That's going to do it for the lean Friday. We're going to see everybody on Monday and talk about the, the entire slate, break things down, but that's it, bro. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for joining us. And um, I'll see you next week. Everyone have a good day. But there was this one company, I think called chop sports media. Chop Sports Media. Yeah.